Hello and welcome to Prosperity by the Pint, this podcast where we talk about money, investing, business, and life success, all while having a cold beer. This is the very first episode from our brand new table, a brand new set here, episode 43. I've uh, been working on it for a while, just wanted to find what I, you know, what, what, what I was looking for, which is a high top wooden table that uh, looks and feels like we're having a great time, and we are. All right. Cheers. So, the... Drink of the week is a Mosaic IPA from Community Beer Company. Uh, it's an IPA. It should be. No, it's a double dry hopped IPA. And I'm expecting something nice and hoppy. Also strong, apparently. 8.6% alcohol. Uh-oh. Too much pour. That one was mostly foam, so I'll have to give a review in a minute. So I wanted to talk a minute uh, this episode about some swag. So F- uh, Prosperity by the Pint finally has uh, some, some swag out. We have some hats, uh, very similar to the one that I am wearing right now, except for blue. It's a leather patch, uh, leather patch hat, really nice trucker cap. So uh, we are selling those for $20 a piece. I'm not making much money on these things at all. I'm pretty much selling them just a, just a, just a little bit above cost, just a little bit like any good business person would do. Send us a message on Facebook Messenger or email at ally at fsgmichigan.com and you can get your very own Prosperity by the Pine hat. So that's my sales pitch for the episode. Let's get right into it. This episode, we are going to be talking about the generational wealth gap. Okay? So now I'm going to give that beer review. Oh, man. That is That is lovely. I've been on a roll with really good beers lately. Um, I've kind of stopped drinking the weird stuff people send me, like strawberry shortcake barrel-aged vitamin D beer. Like, I don't like that stuff. We're just going to stick with ales and IPAs from now on, maybe occasional cider, uh, and and go from there. So, we're generational wealth gap. It's no, no secret that as you get older, you tend to accumulate more assets, right? So early on, if you go through your life cycle, when you're a baby, you're very, very broke, right? <laughs> then you get your first job cutting grass and you're making $25 a week or something like that. And then you may be just delivering newspapers and then so on and so forth. And your income level typically goes up and up and up as you move through life's progressions, right? And also your obligations peaking sometime in your 40s or 50s with kids in college and things like that start to go down in in your mid to late 50s kids are through college and you're 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 closer to having most of your debts and obligations paid off so you're able to not only are you able you're making more right you're making more than you were in your first job out of college but you're also able to spend less on liabilities and therefore you're able to save more not only that but as you started to save early on it might not have been much but when you started saving in your 20s and your 30s and so on that, that money has had time to accumulate and build. And so the interest has earned interest. That's compound interest. I think I did an entire episode on that one time. Don't remember what episode that is, but that's why you should listen to all of them. So compound interest, simple product of if I have $100 saved and it makes 10%, next year I have $110 left over or now built up to make 10%. So instead of making $10, I'm going to make $11 and that so on and so forth where the simple math on that is if you can make 10% on your money a year, you will double your money every 7.2 years. That's called the rule of 72. It's a fun rule. Anyways, so we know that you're going to accumulate more wealth as time goes on. But what's really interesting and what I want to talk about is this, this 
uh, chart that a economist PhD named uh, uh, Gray Kimbaugh. I always want to call him Gary because you see those letters together, G-A-R-Y. Shout out to my favorite fan, Gary Fraze. Um, <laughs> uh, Gray Kimbaugh recently used Federal Reserve data to come up with a comparison as to what percentage of the nation's wealth uh, different generations have had when they reached age 35. So the baby boomers, when they were at average of 35 years old, which is 1990, uh, they held 20% of the nation's wealth. Not an inconsiderable amount by any means for, for people that still had, you know, realistically 25 to 30 years of working left. At the median age of 35, Generation X, which they are the ones that were, were born post-1964, 1964 to the 1980s, depending on who you ask, mid-1980s, which is when the baby boomers were starting to be born. Yours truly is in that uh, baby boomer collection, self-proclaimed millennial money expert, right? I'm not in the baby boomer collection. I'm a product of baby boomers. Anyways, uh, so Generation X, when they were 35, they had, and this was 2008, about 99%, they had 9%, just 9, not a nine zero, just 9% of the nation's wealth, okay? Now, we actually have a few years. We have until 2023 before the average baby boomer, the median baby boomer, is 35 years old. But we can use predictions and look at it. I'll just tell you what the number looks like today, eight years away from that time. And we're a little behind the curve. So right now, uh, baby boomers hold on about 3% of the nation's wealth which is basically we've got a triple, uh, we got a triple our money uh, between now and, and uh, 2023. Not only that, we don't have to just triple our money. We have to gain ground. We have to triple the ground that we have to gain on, on baby boomers and Generation X. So uh, some of you might listen to this and say, uh, the, yeah, but the population has grown and, and populations of different generations are different sizes. That's fine. The statistics work out the same. It's a percentage of uh, per capita wealth is down to. Basically, millennials are broke. Baby boomers got it made. Um, that's that's the, the premise of, of the chart. I don't think it's entirely transparent, though. We're going to talk about some things that, that make, maybe throw these statistics off and don't uh, necessarily reflect what's going to happen uh, or what, what is currently happening. So... Um, there's a lot of reasons we're behind the curve. And I talked a lot about this in episode one. This is something I'm passionate about. I really hate when people, you know, categorically say millennials are, are, are lazy or uh, we don't want to work hard and we're, we're not motivated, whatever it may be. It's all this nomenclature around stereotypes that we're, we're just putting on man bums and going to coffee shops and working on our, our uh, screenplay, right? That's not, that's not, Millennials, right? I've had some badass millennials on here: Zach Phillips, Josh Ingersoll, Ed Constable, that are all out there working their asses off and becoming better and better, uh, and and growing and pushing their businesses to the next level. And they are working hard. And there's a lot more out there that haven't been on this episode, that are uh, this this show that that work hard and and have a great work ethic and are creative thinkers. But as a generation. There's some things that have happened that I think have led to this generational wealth gap. One, the baby boomers essentially came of age and came up in a time of extreme prosperity in the United States. Uh, you're talking about a post-World War II uh, economy that we're essentially the only 
industrialized nation left in the world. So there was, a, a, it was a great time. Uh, companies offered fantastic benefits with pensions and um, a golden watch, and and so it was, you know, relatively easy for for baby boomers that were fiscally responsible to accumulate large amounts of wealth in the right opportunities. I think those opportunities are there today for millennials, but we have different types of opportunities. We have to handle them a little bit more on ourselves and less reliant on on the corporations in which we might be employed by. So if you take a scenario where uh, you know you, you can start a, out fresh out of college at $20 an hour in 1985 money, that's a lot different than the typical millennial today, which goes to college. We're much more educated than our parents. Uh, we have greater percentage of us have bachelor's degrees and, and advanced degrees beyond that. Um, but that has saddled us with student loan debt. Um, that's a big part of this. Uh, lower overall wages is a percentage of inflation. So if wages were inflation adjusted, we'd be broke compared to uh, where they are right now. And by comparison, what I mean is if we just made the same amount as our parents did at our age, but it was inflation adjusted, we would be reeling in the money. But we're not. Uh, I say we as a, as, a, as a generation, not we as a me personally. I think life expectancy plays a role in this too. Um, so a lot of wealth is is transferred through inheritance, right? So your your parents might have inherited something, your grandparents might have inherited something, um, but that's taking longer to unfold because life expectancies are going up. So in 1990, when boomers reached the age of 35, um, the life expectancy was 72. So there was a pretty good chance that their parents weren't there anymore, which means they might have inherited their parents' home and retirement accounts or whatever it may be. And that, you know, not I'm not saying that's why a lot of if you're a baby boomer, don't be offended by this. This is just facts. This isn't this isn't, you know, me degrading anybody by any means. Today the average life expectancy is seventy nine. And, you know, if you're thirty five years old, your parents might still be in their their mid to late fifties, right? So I think that plays a role. Um, our parents took longer to have kids than their parents did than their parents did, right? So the I think my grand, great grandmother got married at 16. Right, uh, my parents had their first kid at 22. My wife and I had our first child when we were 28 and 30, respectively. So parents are older now, so it is what it is. Um, you know, the average baby boomer today is 64, uh, and they hold about 60 percent of the nation's wealth. Um, so if you look over the next 15, 20 years, I don't want to be pessimistic to, to, to those in that generation, but there will be parts of the baby boomer generation that start to die. And what's essentially going to happen is a generational wealth shift. And so this is crazy. This is a crazy statistic, but, uh, Sorelli associates, uh, it's a, it's a large research firm. And they say over the next 25 years that, there will be a shift of 45, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to get the households, I'm, I, I want to get these numbers right, so I'm going to start again. Over the next 25 years, 45 million households will pass a mind-boggling $68 trillion to their children. Okay, so one more time. Over the next 25 years, 48 million households will pass along to their children $68 trillion trillion with a T to their children. And so almost all of that is held in uh, baby boomer and just uh, older baby boomer generation. And and that's going to go to mostly younger Gen X and 
and millennial generations. And so that transfer of wealth, I mean, that is huge. That is History has never seen anything even close to that, even on percentage terms. Um, now, here's an interesting thing is most of the wealth that's going to be transferred is in two assets. Houses, real estate, makes sense, right? Mom and dad got that house and they got a cabin up north. That, that makes sense. The other thing is inherited IRA, or IRAs. The money's held in IRAs right now. So you may be inheriting an IRA from grandma, grandpa, mom, dad some point in the next 25 years. We got time, right? We're not being pessimistic or morbid today. I haven't drank any of this beer. That's a shame because it's fantastic. That is really good. Good job. They should be proud of themselves. Community Beer Company. I don't know where they're from, though. Uh, Dallas, Texas. I think this one came from a friend of mine, Travis Brewer. He's a, a fan of the podcast. He's given me a lot of pieces of positive and constructive criticism on the podcast. So, Travis, thank you for sending that to me. Um, so what we're looking at is with this this shift of wealth, there's a lot of IRAs being involved. And IRA is an individual retirement account. We've talked about this a lot on this podcast. Uh, IRAs, Roth IRAs, etc. Now, here's the thing about IRAs is you have to be very careful. I've thought about in the past spending an entire episode on the topic of inherited IRAs, which just didn't sound that fun. But I'm going to give you the main information that you need to know right now. Is if you inherit an IRA from mom and dad, an individual retirement account, it comes with some some rules and regulations that you have to follow. And if you don't follow them, you could actually run into quite a bit of trouble with the IRS. So rule number one is that every year you have to take a distribution from the account. And you don't get to pick the distribution amount, at least not the minimum amount, right? So if you have an IRA that is $100,000, the IRS is going to do a calculation and say, you inherited this IRA, you have to, because you're 40 years old this year, you're going to have to take out $3,800. And then the following year, they might make you take out 4500 and so on and so forth. Because that money has never been taxed, because it's individual retirement account money that has grown tax-deferred and was put in as a tax deduction, it's never been taxed. The IRS wants their money. So they're going to make you start to pull it out and spend it. They don't care what you spend it on. They don't care if you take that money out and then reinvest it in something else. They don't care, care if you take it out and pay for college. They don't care. They just make you withdraw the money, pay the taxes on it and do something. The penalty for not doing this is 50.50%. So if you're required to take out $10,000 and you only take out $2,000, there's 8,000 that you should have taken out. Your penalty $4,000. That's a, that's a, I mean that's hefty, right? So there's there's some things in Congress right now to change the rule to make you actually spend it down in five years that you have to pull it all out in five years. That's not live yet. Um, I think it could go through. I think it's a realistic chance of going through, but that's trying to predict government. You know what the Congress likes to do? Kick the can down the road. But if you, so this is just things to be really conscious of if you're inheriting an IRA. Um, now, I, I, I don't want to be... Um, too negative, right? So I'm talking about this generational wealth gap. You guys all know, I believe in our generation, uh, the millennial generation. I think that we can do some fantastic things. I think that we have great opportunities, right? Um, you know, life expectancy is better for us than it has been for any previous generation. Um, overall, poverty is, is, is down. And so overall quality of life is up. We're better educated, we're destroying the divorce industry. Divorce rates have, have plummeted. Now, part of that's because we're waiting longer to get married. But, hey, 
facts are facts, right? Uh, so we're destroying the divorce industry. We have more information at our fingertips than any generation has ever even come close to thinking of, right? I mean, if you want to know how much you can contribute to a Roth IRA, guess what? You probably don't need to ask me. You can ask me. It's $6,000 But uh, if you're under the age of 50. But you can find that out yourself. It's easier now to invest and save uh, and, and figure out how to open those accounts than it ever has been. So we have an easier time investing and saving than previous generations. It's easier to have a side hustle, a side gig. It's unfortunate that you need one. But, man, embrace the opportunity. Side hustles are a great way to uh, become more financially independent and not be saddled with the, the burden of a nine to five job. We have more opportunities to do that than anybody ever has. I mean, you know, Gary V talks about this. I love Gary V is his grandparents were getting up in the middle of the night to go chop wood so they could put it in the, the wood stove. And, and, you know, you can lay in bed and, and post on Instagram and potentially make money. So, you know, let's not cry over spilled milk here. We got opportunities. Our generation is set up for success over the long period with our education, with opportunities that are out, you know, available to us and the information that's out there. So let's just be positive. Let's have a beer. Let's relax a little bit. Hey, episode of prosperity by the pint number 43 don't forget to follow us instagram youtube facebook spotify wherever you are don't forget to get your prosperity by the pant hats cheers